Okay, more than an awkward second or two. <laughs> All right, hello and welcome to another episode of Collective Conversations. I am your host, Mike Brewer, and I'm excited about today's episode. Our guest today is obsessed about helping win with people so that they can win in life. He is keynoted and spoken for several thousand people at leading conferences, companies, and organizations nationwide on topics such as effective communication, persuasive leadership, attractional selling, and on marriages. I know that we can all, and we all need a little bit of help with our marriages from time to time. So <laughs> Ramel Anakin is the president of the Relationship Difference. Ramel, welcome to the show. Mike, thank you for having me on here. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. I, I, you know, we were speaking a little bit before we hit the record button here, and I know that I've admired you for a long bit of time, uh, but primarily through social media because I've never spoken to you in person. <laughs> <laughs> the it's funny how social media works that way. I feel like I know you, but I'm really totally. Oh my gosh, same here, same here. I've seen, I've, I've heard people obviously talk about you. I've worked with people that have worked with you or worked for you, and so it's fun to actually have a face-to-face -face conversation with you. This is going to be great. Definitely. And I, I think, you know, your company, The Relationship Difference, I think the word relationship in there is something that is near and dear to my heart. I'm a I've been a team member first advocate as it relates to managing and leading people for my entire career. Sometimes that's a very unpopular position to take, but I, uh, I think that relationships make all the difference. The other word there. Yeah. Why don't we start out by having you tell us a little bit about uh, you, your background, anything you want to share before we just sort of dive into a conversation, unscripted conversation. Oh, yeah. I love it. Well, you know, um, we'll start on the whole relationship thing, I think, in terms of why I do what I do. Like I... Um, you know, for for this in terms of focusing on relationships, one of the big things for me was going through a divorce, honestly, many years ago. Holy smokes, it's been a few years now. So um, I think 17 years ago, 18 years ago. And um, that process after that, you know, it was it was a it was an unexpected event in my life. I didn't know that was happening or I didn't know it was going to happen until it did. And so but that actually started, you know, as weird as it is, it was this really really good kind of watershed moment too, because that really started me on this path and of growing and learning and understanding, you know, relationships and how people connect and how they communicate and how they do that. And so that just started to get woven into like my life. And so at that point in my life is also when I got started in the multifamily housing industry, you know, so there was a personal change, which, which necessitated the career change. <laughs> Can I be honest for, you know, for those of you, you know, those in multifamily industry, my only motivation to get in the industry was like, I, you know, we went from two incomes to one and now like, I need a discount on an apartment. Yeah. Like, literally my only motivation. <laughs> before that, I was in mortgages. Um, and before that, I I'd managed a high-end, high-volume retail boutique in Honolulu. And I'd done retail sales for a while, management. Moved into mortgages, enjoyed that. But then uh, when my personal life kind of upended, you know, I was like, what am I going to do now? And uh, went into multifamily as a leasing, you know, started as a leasing consultant. And uh, and I had no idea then that that motivation to wanting to get a discount like that. I mean, again, I cannot stress that was my only motivation. I was like, I think I could do that. That's got to be easy, right? Yeah. Right, How hard right. can this be? I've sold million dollar mortgages or whatever. How hard can this be? And at the day one, I discovered how how hard this could be. Totally get that. Um, but then, you know, even as I moved on in, in my career and started to do things, that relationship aspect kind of started. And then I worked with some amazing people who started to plant those seeds that um, 
you know, we could do, I could do the speaking, I could do the consulting, you know, later on down the road. And so on a professional level, that's really what I do today. I, um, speaker, consultant, coach, get to travel or do things, you know, on virtual, um, live in, I live in Southern California. So I live in Orange County, California with, uh, my wife and our daughter and our dog, um, <laughs> Which has almost been a year since we, you might hear Maggie. She might come barking. Usually this is the day I think the landscapers show up. So if you hear barking, guys, hang in there. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and just it's how we can. We live in the suburbs of Southern California. I get to do this for a living, get to meet with cool people. Um, and uh, just like everyone else, I think, you know, we just kind of taking it one day at a time and, and lots of things that we enjoy doing. Um, and then with lots of things, we're still trying to figure out how do we do that thing, you know, or how do we manage with, with the craziness of life and the busyness of life? Our daughter's a teenager. And so we're, we're learning how to do that and how to manage that. Yeah. <laughs> that is a full-time job. <laughs> we are learning that for sure. And, um, yeah. And so, you know, it's, and I'm, you know, part two, I'm also, pa I'm a part-time, very, very, very part-time pastor at my local church. And so faith is a big part of my story and uh, so i get to help out there and and do that um i volunteer with civil air patrol it's the u.s air force auxiliary so we're not a not a part of the military but we are part of the air force family and so we assist the air force with things and we're all citizen volunteers but so if anyone follows me on social media sometimes you'll see me in an air force looking uniform and yep. and that's the that's the reason why so again not in the military always I, that was my why my wonder got mike i always wished that i joined the military and when i was younger and my my what a, this is such a random story but when i was a kid like my dream was to be an astronaut and okay. a pilot okay. and then the older i got i thought for sure i'm going to get to the air force academy this is going to be good and then i discovered that i wasn't really good at like upper level math or science <laughs> Which, Which apparently is kind of important if you want to get like an aeronautical engineering degree in the Air Force Academy. <laughs> so that dream went. But I'd always wished I, I I did that. And so, you know, I when I turned 45, six years ago, oh gosh, seven years ago now, um, I knew I wanted to volunteer and do something outside of being an entrepreneur, outside of being a speaker, outside of being a, a dad and outside of being a husband and a family guy and, and a businessman and all that. And so I do some volunteer work as well. And and uh and it's a fun it's a great group of people to be around and, and we do some cool things and and so life is busy life is busy and, and life is good and rewarding and and so that in a nutshell i don't know how cohesive that was but there you go y'all got my, my, my <laughs> life is nutshell. and i'm a brave fan we were talking off camera about oh, yes. sports so shout out to the atlanta braves world champions there you go I can't yes, mention my football right. team because my football team's terrible right now. So I'm really struggling with that. But the Braves. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're right. a Steelers fan. I am a Steelers fan. Oh, that was brutal. I was watching a lot. You know, so as you're watching this, the, big, the night before this is big tape, their game was national. I was very excited to watch it. About two minutes in, I was not that excited to watch <laughs> it. <laughs> but I'm enjoying the Atlanta Braves. So I'm a huge sports fan, too. I love Hallmark movies. So I do. I, we love that. Um, if you follow me on social media, you'll definitely figure out the things that I gravitate towards pretty quickly. So oh, yeah. anyway, there it is. Maybe more than anyone wanted to know, but there's there I am in a nutshell. Well, do you think this is uh, this is Ben's last year? Big I think ben? so. Yeah. If I were him, I think it would. He he. Yeah, he took such a beating. I mean, he's been taking and you know, he's got a young offensive line who I think. Um, has got a lot of talent. They're just young, 
And so I think they'll gel. I don't know if they're going to gel in time for him not to get battered every week. But um, but yeah, I think I think it is. But uh, it's going to be hard. I remember being I've been a lifelong Steelers fan as well. And there was a long period between Terry Bradshaw, if you're a football fan, you know, and Ben Roethlisberger and, you know, but but, you know. My wife's a Patriots fan, so they had one bad year, and now they're right back in it. So you just all the way to Bill Belichick. So I mean, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So that's those are all the things that that's me in a nutshell. Well, so I, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. I there's something that you posted today, um, or maybe it was a couple of days ago. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it uh, really spoke to me in. I segue there because we're talking about the Steelers. Yeah. That's how I knew you were a Steelers fan because you posted this thing that says sarcasm sabotages. Oh. It's one of those little quote cards yeah. that you put out. Yeah. And uh, I read the story and it really resonated on, on many different levels and kind of unpack that for us. For, for those who might not have read what you wrote, oh. super powerful. And, and there's that Steelers element in yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, appreciate you, you, uh, you know, reading that and, and, and sharing about it. Yeah. So, you know, for, so one of my, if I had to like encapsulate in one kind of sentence, like my professional passion, it's like, I, I you know, my, my passion is helping people win with people so that they can win in life. Right. So, um, whether it's helping people be better leaders or, 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 you know, better salespeople through better relationships, better customer service through better relationships, better coworkers through better relationships, or of course, marriages is another thing that we work on. And so for the, since for the last, um, 17, 18 years, I've really studied communication and connection and, and how we win with people and how we lose with people. And quite frankly, going through a divorce, will do that to you. Right. Like I was like, well, I, obviously I did something goofy let me figure out what i did and and it's just been this lifelong journey and and so um one of the things that that i've just experienced have learned have learned the hard way both by being sarcastic and by being on the receiving end is is one of the big things that actually destroys relationships and destroys connection is sarcasm mm -hmm. and so that's what i was actually posting today and i was, I was actually kind of remembering that Steelers story you know um that I shared in the post. Um, and, and so it's like, whenever I kind of come back to how do we help people connect better? How do I help people have better relationships? How do I help people communicate better with people? You know? Um, and so then I'll just share those tips. And one of those is really the fact that sarcasm sabotages connection. And, and, and yet what's so tough, Mike, is that we live in a really sarcastic time, don't we? Like snark is in. Yes. Right. Sarcasm is in, I mean, the, the, the more you can be biting and funny and and like um like bitingly funny is probably the better yeah. way to put it That's the right. more notoriety you get right the 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 more famous you get or the more laughs you get or claps or whatever it is that we do and so i just you know i was remembering that story and for those of you you know who who haven't read it i mean basically i was just sharing that sa so sa sarcasm sabotages connection and the story that i shared was that um you know, my wife and I, many, many, many years ago, were attending a church, and we had, we, we, we felt like we were at the point where we, we needed to maybe, you know, find a different church home, and we, we met with the, the lead pastor, and we had a phenomenal conversation with him. He was very understanding, but we were open and honest about our concerns and our challenges, and he encouraged us to take some time off, take some time away, 
We're going to, you know, be with you guys. We're going to pray you guys. Whatever you decide, we're always, you know, we're here for you. And he reached out to me uh, maybe a month or so later and just said, hey, how are you guys doing? Love to invite you to come back. We're doing something special, you know, on this particular service. And so it was a day that the Steelers were playing the local hometown team, which so this is in Colorado. So they're playing the Broncos. And um, and as soon as we walk in the door, one of the other pastors, who's a good guy who really liked, but he just looked at me and he was like, oh, is that the only reason you come to church finally? Right. So that you can pray for your team. And like in an instant, I was just like, because one of the reasons that we were really thinking of leaving that organization or leaving that church that we loved, you know, was was it was just there was a culture of sarcasm and there was a lot of sarcasm within it. And again, we knew everyone's intentions, but it was just hard. So like in that moment, I felt like I had to defend why we hadn't been around for a month. And I had felt like I had to defend all this stuff. And, you know, and really the reason that we had taken a break is that we just were feeling hurt. We were feeling frustrated. We were feeling angry. And the lead of the organization said, hey, take some time. Like, we're here for you. Take that time. And in that moment, when I got that sarcastic comment, instead of what I would have loved to hear, Mike, right, is something like, oh, my gosh, Ramel, it's great to see you. Yes. Hey, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, like, and I get it. Like, if you want to rub, like, if you want to dig on the, the, your, the home team or something. Yeah, I get that. Like being a sports fan means we kind of yeah. give each other. I totally get that. So if it was sure. like Steelers, oh huh? yeah, well, you're definitely going to need to pray for them today because they're playing the Broncos. Like I would have gotten that, yeah. but it was just, you know, that idea that his sarcastic comments that also oh, the only reason that you're coming back to church now is to pray for your team. And which wasn't the only reason it was actually very complex and deep and, Right. And and painful in some ways, the reason why we had taken that break. And so that just reinforced to me in that moment, like, OK, I think we made the right decision in taking the break. And, and I think we made the right decision in maybe thinking of moving on. And and we did, you know, and it was all down to sarcastic comment. And actually on LinkedIn, I shared this and someone had this really insightful comment on the post. And he just said, you know, I think I use sarcasm when I'm not sure what to say. Or like when I, I, I don't want to say that thing that I really want to say, you know, so like, say you've got a friend that is always late. Yeah. And so that person finally shows up on time. Like it's easier to say <laughs> it's about time you showed up on time. Right. Then it is to go have that tough conversation and you go, Hey, Ramel, like whenever you're 15 minutes late for coffee, it really bothers me. So we just bottle that up or something. And then it comes out in a, in a sarcastic comment or something like that. So that's actually one of the big things that I've discovered over 17, 18 years of studying relationships, that sarcasm is a huge, huge relational killer. And as we were talking about, but sarcasm is so in, like it's so in yeah. and, um, and so it's tough. So if anyone, you know, whoever's listening to this, like if, if sarcasm is part of your relational toolbox, I would encourage you like in really limited situations and, and be really careful about when you use it, you know, um, and stuff. So let the stand up comics be sarcastic or something or the late night talk show host. Right. That's their job to kind of do that. But in a relationship, it's a killer. And if you're a leader, doesn't matter what level of leadership. Oh, man, I have seen that happen so many times when I'm working with teams and I see the leader make a sarcastic comment to everybody. And then I've got to go on and speak on leadership and motivation and encouragement. And I'm like, oh no, what do I do? Oh no. <laughs> Which well, I appreciate. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a guest on your house. I mean, your yeah. reputation obviously precedes you. And, and, and so Mike, so I appreciate your approach to leadership. And, and I do, and again, I'm not just saying this, but I, 
I'm always trying to champion leaders who are relational leaders, right? Who are who yeah. understand that the secret sauce of any great organization is people. And so the the motor the focus is on how do we help people? And then when you do that, you get the results. You get the That's ROI, right. you bump up your NOI, you do all that stuff. But so I I again, and I'm not to share this because I'm like uh, you know, I'm a guest on your show, but I do appreciate your approach. It's actually one of the things that ended up how you started to end up being on my radar. Because I would see things that you posted because your name would pop up everywhere uh, or people would say, do you know, Mike, do you know, I was like, no, I never met in person. But then we'd start following each other and I go, oh, I love this. Like, I love this podcast or I love these conversations and I love your posts and the things that you share because it goes beyond, you know, here are three marketing and this is nothing wrong with these kind of posts. But like sure. hey, three marketing ideas on a budget, like you're really diving into human dynamics and connection and the real secrets for why how people are motivated to do the things that, that they do. And so, um, yeah. and, and in an industry, especially that is really focused on the bottom line, right? Like how do we do this as cheaply? And as if, did I say cheaply? I did say cheaply, right? Yeah. Efficiently as possible, but really sometimes on the budget, it's, you know, because I have, I've worked with many teams that I've come in and it's a tough call when the CEO calls you to say, Hey, can you fix my people in a three hour, you know, training session. And within five minutes, I'm like, oh no, the problem is the CEO. Right, right. But I need this gig. So what do I do here? Oh, I can't. I can't imagine. What do I do? And how do I help them? Or what do I do when I'm in the training session and I'm describing something and I can tell by people's expressions that they're like, so our our leaders do that? I'm like, oh man. So, oh, no. so anyway, thank you for what you do and your approach and your voice. Oh no. Thank you. You, you know, no, as you as you were speaking through that, it, it brought to mind something I heard many, 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 probably too many years ago. Uh, I, I heard a, I think she was a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I can't remember. Anyway, she was doing a presentation and she had these two rocks on stage with her. They they were set on top of two stools. Her name was Barbara DeAngelis. Oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, I remember I liked her name because it rhymed with Los Angeles and. <laughs> I don't know why. And I like the Lakers. Back then I was a Lakers fan. So anyway, she had these two rocks. Oh, me too. Okay. Um, two rocks. One was this giant boulder. I'm going to describe it as a boulder. The other was a, a very small rock, uh, very much more manageable. And she goes through this analogy. And I think she was actually talking about a marriage relationship where a husband calls up and he says, you know, the, he's going out, taking his wife out to dinner on a Friday night. He calls up and says, hey, you know, something came up at work. I'm going to I'm, I'm just gonna be like 20 minutes late or whatever. And so Barbara picks up the small pebble and she says, this this is what the, the man in this particular story is thinking about how his remark is going to impact his wife. And so he, she drops what is in essence a pebble on the floor and there's no real sound or if you imagine dropping it, there's not, not a lot that goes on with that. Then she picks up the boulder and she says, this is what the wife feels right and she drops the boulder and there's this huge you know yeah. percussion that goes across yeah. the auditorium and it's that right you you may not know in your mind or you may not think in your mind about the impact you're having some on yeah. some with sarcasm but oh. 
it's like dropping a boulder on people. It is. And that's actually one of the things who I think, you know, when we talk about like around this whole conversation of just connection and relationships is, is the crux. I mean, the, I guess the, the big question that I ask people a lot, whether it's, I'm doing a leadership program or we're doing the legit people skills program, or even in the, you know, marriage program is like, what is your impact on other people? Like, you know, when you spend time with people, what are they feeling after your that time is over? And so one of the stories I share in, um, you know, my talks or in my trainings is, hey, like, think of it this way. You know, if someone were stuck in a car with you for eight hours, like, what would your impact on them be? Yeah. You know, after that eight hours, would they want that trip to keep going? Because they've been so encouraged, so motivated, so uplifted, so comforted or whatever it is. Or, you know, after 20 minutes, man, are they like, I'm just going to pull a Thelma and Louise, man. Like, what do I, what do I gotta do? And we've all been there, right? I mean, we've all been in the car with that person and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And so I love that you brought that up because it really is like, what is your impact on others? And sarcasm is one of those. Or maybe it's even just being unaware of our impact, whether it's, you always choose the restaurant the team eats at and no one else gets a word in, you know, or in a team meeting or something, someone says, hey, I've got a great suggestion. And there's always someone that's like, "Wow, oh, we tried that before. You can't do it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, or whatever that is, or maybe for some people, it's just, you know, you don't share your mind. And so no one knows what you're feeling or, you know, whatever, you know, it happens to be. It's just. You know, um, that was probably the big lesson that when I took from my divorce and then actually in the times that, that my wife and I now that we've, you know, where we've had our challenges, you know, and, and, and I had to always, and it always seemed that I had to come face to face again with the fact that I've got an impact on other people and, and whether it was my wife, whether it's my daughter, whether it's people I lead or, and then I'd have to think about, so what's my positive impact and then what's my negative impact. And, and that's such a tough question to go. So wait. Like, what do I do that drive people crazy? You know, yeah. what do I do that make people go? And, and, and I gotta be honest with you, we've had, um, uh, it hasn't happened in a while, but if, for those of you who know my story, like my, my wife and I now, you know, about seven, eight years ago, we got to the point where I didn't think we were going to make it to the next anniversary, which is pretty tough and embarrassing for a guy that was speaking on winning with people. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and so I remember we actually had like a really bad fight um, where she was like, hey, I think I'm done. And I just finished doing my, you know, win with people talk. <laughs> I'd come home and I was like, oh, what am I going to do with this? You know, but it was coming face to face with I have this impact and it's a ne you know, the negative impact is this. And then what did my growth journey look like to try to reduce my negative impact? Um and I think if more people just have that awareness, because we all have a positive impact, we all have a negative impact, and we're actually more aware to go, you know, when I do that thing, or when I'm late, or when I'm kind of a bulldozer, or when I don't speak my mind, or when I get passive aggressive, or when I get sarcastic or something, that causes damage. And and so few people are aware um, of that. And I, I just wish people knew, like, if you just made a couple small tweaks, how powerful that would be, really. You, you know, it. it uh, I agree with that 100%. And I'm sure I read this somewhere, so I'm, I'm not claiming this as my own, but uh, there's this principle or philosophy that that thing that irritates us about others right, is the very thing that we need to work on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mike. 
right? Dang it. <laughs> but so it's true. So hard. It's so hard and it's so true. It's so true. Because you see that you see that is right, something wrong with them. Yeah. <laughs> but, right? That. Let's turn that around. Um, <laughs> that's like God's it, way. That's God's way of telling oh, you. Oh, oh that hey. is. Oh. It really is. I, you know, and, and again, that awareness to be able to go, wait, do I do that? Yeah. You know, in fact, I think um, I, I share, you know, again, it, sometimes in the marriage program, sometimes in our, our more in-depth people skills and communication programs. Um, and then I've got a success keynote that I do, right, depending on the venue. And one of the the principles that I share is like, work on um, your weaknesses and and not in a like if you can't sing. Like, this is not a spend 400 hours to try to be a better singer, right? Like, so, because, and there's, there's like, I love the book, Now Discover Your Strengths. And, and so oh, yeah. this is not about, um, like, for me, like, if, even if my dream were to be an NFL quarterback, like, it's not going to happen, right? So I could spend all the time I want, like, the first hit, I'm, I'm done, right? I, I'm like Rudy, okay? Right. In the movie Rudy. But like, but there are things that people do, like maybe it's procrastination, maybe it's lack of attention to detail, maybe it's sarcasm, maybe it's passive aggressiveness or something like that, that, you know, that actually hold people back. So I'm working when I'm coaching with people or working with people, go, there's, there's, there's usually a wall that people hit, right? Like there's that thing that prevents them from moving into their full potential. There's that, or those things that prevent them from doing that. And so one of the points I just share with people is like, you want to be aware of what those weaknesses are because everyone around you already knows what they are, right? <laughs> They're just waiting for you to figure it out. Like I once, I, I maybe a couple of years ago, I shared like there was this major revelation I had with my, with my wife. I think of how I was relating to her and my daughter. And I was like, you know, I kind of like, I was praying and I felt like, you know, the God, God said that I do this thing. And, and she looked at me like, <laughs> it's only taken you 15 years to figure this out. <laughs> right, right. I was like, well, this is new to me. Like I just figured this out. So she'd been waiting 15 years for me to fix, you know, get better. And so whether, you know, on the relationship front, on the leadership front, like, yeah, might as well confront the character defects. So you might as well just go like, what do I not do well? Or where can I move forward? Where can I grow? Because everyone else around you, they already know. You can't hide it. No, like, if, you're, if you're always late, I mean, and you know, you lead a you know a large organization. And so you already, you can see the issues, I'm sure, right? Miles away, or even if you're coaching a leader at any level of leadership in the organization, you probably are like, oh, I can tell you what it is. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, and 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 you're relational, and so you know how to deliver that news in a way that gets their desired results without making them really mad at you. But it's like everyone already knows. So yeah, might as well just go shoot. I do that thing, don't I? And everyone's like, yes, you do. Yeah, yeah. And now, what are you going to do moving forward? And but man, that's another thing. You know, we're talking about sarcasm and snark is like the 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 kind of the spirit of the age, and so is like lack of awareness or something. I I don't know what. Or the fact that, like, I, I think we collectively have this belief, like, this is who I am. You just need to deal. Right. Uh, and we couch that sometimes in this idea of being vulnerable or being authentic or being open, which I love. But um, I do share, I share, and this post, I'll put this one a lot. It's like, hey, your personality style is not licensed to cause damage, right? So just because you're a type A, it doesn't mean you 
you should always be a type A in every situation or, you know, um, just because you're you're a hammer or you're a, I don't know, whatever labels we we have. And I love those personality assessments and stuff. But, man, sometimes I see people come out of those and go, oh, that so makes sense. I'm a square, tri- you know, I'm a blue triangle. That's why I do that thing. I was like, okay, good. So, like, can you change now? No, but I'm a blue triangle. This is what we right, do. Right, right, right. Like, no, 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 wait. I think you missed the point. <laughs> you need to become an orange circle. Yeah, yeah. You need to move this way now. You need to get more of that. And so that awareness. And so there's like this really weird thing of sarcasm, of negativity, of offense. Of we're all mad at each other. Um, I mean, literally, I posted something on social media. This is such a random comment. And I think I just said I, something about coffee. You know, you know, and I love coffee. And boom, like all of a sudden, you had like people who were upset about coffee like well, how can you like that kind of coffee you should not have like that kind i was like guys it's, it's coffee <laughs> like if you don't like it don't go there <laughs> go to pete's or something or go to wherever whatever coffee you have in your area but like we're, it's such a spirit of offense spirit of like we are so mad at each other and then we have this like this is who i am and you're just gonna have to deal with it and and i i do think there was a truth to that but but then that is also, and I'm sure you've seen, you know, I'm assuming you've seen it from like, you know, in the trenches and also because you also have to have a big picture view as um, in your leadership roles as well, um, that that mindset of you better, you better respond or like adapt to me also yeah. holds people back. Yeah. And that's it, tough. It, it it really is. There's, you know, I think I think there is a, there's some merit in you do you and yes. I don't, I don't care what people think about me. And I, I get that. Yes. But I think as you, as a person, uh, gets older, um, gains wisdom, uh, as a result of going through experiences, experiencing adversity and the downside of adversity, and then experiencing the upside of, of, of joy and, and other things. Yeah. I think that you've, you come to the conclusion at some point in time that that, sort of cavalier attitude doesn't really get you far. Yeah. Yeah. It it certainly gets you alienated. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then if you've got like your interpretive grid is like, you see, these people just don't understand me. They don't get me. And then it just perpetuates as opposed to going. And like, I love that. Like, yeah, be you, you know? So like when I run into someone who likes the team that is, we'll do something innocuous, like a sports team. Mm -hmm. Hey, good for you. Like if you're the natural rival to my favorite team, I actually think that's cool. Like it's fun to have those conversations. Um, but again, I've been in situations where someone's yelled at me because they're like, how could you possibly like that team? You need to like this team. And I'm like, why does it matter to you? I, I don't, I don't know why this is a big deal. And, and then it gets in people's way. And so that's a tough one for me as a coach. And as a consultant, when I see someone that's got incredible potential, doing great things and there's that insistence that yeah do you which is awesome but then there are also i I like to share with people like hey you know there's also a way things work and one of the ways like with success is like you you know is making the way things work work for you right so i like i even know in my marriage right there's certain things that my wife likes and there's certain things that she doesn't like and some of those things she doesn't like i may disagree with but then i've got to make that decision like is this really a big enough issue that I'm about to torpedo our entire weekend because this one thing is bothering me. Then she's obviously has to make those same decisions probably much more frequently than I do, where she's like, well, Ramel's doing that thing again. 
but I love him. We've been together for a long time. All right. I'll keep praying for, you know, that to change. <laughs> and, uh, and we make those decisions because it, you know, anyway, I remember working with a manager and she was so mad that they, they kept getting, you know, secret shopped and her shop scores were terrible, terrible. And I was doing a sales training action. So she comes up to me on the break and says, you've got to tell the CEO to stop shopping us. And I was like, wait, wait, you want me to tell the CEO? <laughs> and I was like, well, tell me what your score was. And she was like, oh, I scored like a 52. Well, like, like on a one to 100, you know, scores. Like, yeah, I was like, what was your last one? And it was like a 50 or something. And, and so her solution to this problem was like, well, convince these people they need to stop shopping me. And she didn't. You know, her interpretive grid didn't say, hmm, maybe I should do better on my shop. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, right. Fancy right. that. And I told her, hey, listen, one day when you run the company and if you don't like shops, throw the shops out. Like, don't do them. But like right now, I was like, if you want to stop getting yelled at, read the shop. Do what it tells you to do. In fact, do it with every customer so that you're not trying to figure out who the shopper is. And then you stop getting yelled at. Um, and she looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, that's the dumbest piece of advice I ever got. <laughs> like, good luck with that. Anyway. You know, I think it's a, that, that sort of brings up, or at least it brings up in my mind a, yeah. a point that I think speaks to the larger theme going here is that it's, it, it seems like, or at least it, maybe it feels like in the world today, we're unwilling to make concessions Ooh. to, to get, to the yeah. middle, right? I, I'm not yeah. seeking first to understand your yeah. view of the world, yeah. thereby giving me permission to give you my perspective, yeah. right? I just, <laughs> we just go yeah. to our corners and start yelling at each other. Oh man, that, yes. And it's on everything, right? Yeah. So again, it is obviously, and there's some significant issues that, that we culturally and societally have to figure out. But man, like if someone votes for someone different, and we automatically make assumptions about that person because of that vote right. or whatever it is or whatever side of an issue you're on. That's right. um, you know, that's a tough thing. And I remember so in the 2016 election cycle, I remember I was traveling a ton and I'd be in certain parts of the country and I would see, you know, Trump signs everywhere. Right. And I was like, wow, OK. And then I traveled to other parts of the country where there were no Trump signs anywhere. It was Hillary Clinton signs. And and well, I, I remember coming back from that stretch where. It was, and it was such an interesting election site. I mean, they're all are interesting, but that was an interesting one. And I remember just coming back from that going, and I think I actually had a stretch where I was in one part of the country that would be more red, another part of the country that would be more blue. And I thoroughly enjoyed the experience in both areas. Yeah, like the yeah. people were awesome. They were great. Now there were differences of like food and differences of culture, you know, and things like that. Or, um, you know, but the differences that I think are cool, like for me as a traveling person, like I love it when I go to a part of the country that that I don't get to, you know, necessarily go to a lot and I'll eat the food that's specific yeah. to that area or, you know, or something like that. But I just feel like we all want the same things or most of us do. You know, there's probably some weird people out there. I, mean, I don't know. I'm just sorry if you're that weird person. That was just. <laughs> uh, but we all really kind of want the same thing. We just define that differently or we approach that differently. And. And and I think like you were saying, like we just we collectively um, have a difficult time just having those conversations. And so we lash out, we get sarcastic, we shut down, we unfollow, we flame people out on social media or something instead of just going, 
let's chat about this, you know, and, um, and I remember reading, a, and I'm a huge history, like American history buff. So I was reading a book on the civil war and, um, and in one of them, like they had a couple of like, they, I don't know, some, a letter from like a private in, I don't remember which, which army, maybe let's just say the union army. And he wrote to his wife and the Confederates were right on the other side of the river. And so when the battles were over, they would like send coffee and tobacco and letters to each other right across the river line. And so he wrote to his wife, just saying, you know, if they just let us talk for like an hour or something, we'd figure all this out and go home. And I know the civil war had a lot of deep i i understand that so if you're a huge civil war buff i'm not saying that it wasn't a complicated tough issue and that good things didn't happen because of the civil war but it but it was the had to cover all my bases there right but the the big thing though is i i do actually think if most of us actually collectively just like it you know um sat in a room without all of the noise and all of the stuff and just go so like how do we move forward with this thing in a way that we can all agree with we might not like every part of this. We might have to take stands. We might have to do this thing. And that's okay. Like it's, I, I have friends who have completely opposite political views than I do. And we're good friends. And they know my views. I know theirs. And it's a piece of the conversation. We might rub it. You know, we might have some fun with it. But then, you know, life moves on. And um, and again, and, and I have no problem with someone having strong views and, and standing strong for the things that they want to stand for. I think that's a good thing. I actually really like it when I see people um, protesting, you know, so like I don't care what issue you're on. I love the fact that we live in a nation where you can do that. That's and right. so all for it. I love it when people have different signs of even if it's the thing I don't agree with, because I love the fact that we can do that. But it is there's just, you know, along with that, like there's just something that says if you don't agree with me 100 percent, then you must be an awful person or you must be the worst person ever or I'm going to do everything I can to make you feel the way that I do. And I think if people really just understood, like, you know, if you just got to let if you just got to let someone know you more or you got to know someone else more, I think a lot of those solutions or answers we seek would they'd show up. And and I think there's a there's a common sense that people I mean. Yes. Most people have, right? There's a common sense that we have collectively. I, I believe um, that. I think, I think that moment you feel yourself getting emotionally loaded, you know, that whether it's the fast beating heart or the pit in your stomach or the sweaty palms or the sweaty brow, that, that is the tell that you need to pick up the phone or you need to reach out, right? And start with love and care and empathy, right? Yeah. Start, start yeah. there as opposed to yeah. boxing gloves on and oh man <laughs> and it you know it's funny though and i love that you brought that up like in terms of like pick up the phone or something having that human conversation you know when i was the customer care manager and i still teach this in my in my customer service training but when i was a customer care manager for a large company in southern california and my role was basically to hear from the thousands of people who were mad at us every year it was just fun job yeah. um but i got a lot of data and a lot of stuff <laughs> But, you know, one of the big advice I would give to, like, the managers is I would call the managers back and go, here's what I recommend that you do. Call that person. That person sent us an email, and it's an ugly email. Or that person put a awful comment on, you know, a site. I think you should call that person and just personally apologize. You know, even if you don't think you need to, even if you don't think you were wrong. And, and it's so funny that more, way more often than not, that one phone call, that manager would tell me, you know what that resident said? That resident was like, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. I was really mean. That was really, not not all the time, obviously, but there were so many times that those managers 
or those leaders, you know, said, I'm so glad I made that two minute phone call. It prevented this war of emails going back and forth. And that literally that human connection when someone just said, hey, Julie, this is Ramel from the office and I got your email. Oh, my gosh. I am so sorry that happened. Oh, you know, or whatever it is. Or I read your comment on, you know, the site and I'm so sorry that happened. And so many times the person who just went full guns was like, oh, I was kind of unreasonable or I, I was really unfair. And so a lot of times they would tell me they actually retracted the 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 comment or they issued an apology or, you know, something like that. And they actually told me too, that by that human connection, the bond that they had with that customer was actually strengthened because the, the customer felt like, wow, you cared enough about me to call me. That's right. You know, and wow. And all of a sudden the boiling point comes down. There's, there's, there's more agreement, more connection, um, you know, but, again but it's hard right it's it's, oh. it's hard to do but it's amazing so i love that you said that like hey i, I loved what you were saying that hey when that boiling point when when all circuits are like firing but that's that Brene brown says this all the time right lean into discomfort right that's your sign that's right. that's pick right. up the phone that's your sign say i'm sorry or that's your sign to go oh man i i blew it even if you don't think you blew it right even if you you're there's still a party that's not sorry because even just those those truce triggers, those things that start to help people go, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. are so huge. But those are so lacking today. Like you said, we just go to gun. Like we literally go, like in Top Gun, like we go to guns, yeah. and, and myself included. I find myself going to that, and, and I teach this all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I no one's immune to it. And it's, you know, I think I think a lot of times, I mean, everything boils down to fear or right you, you either avoid fear or you run to pleasure and yeah. a lot of pleasure pleasure yes uh, your principles but um you know i think a lot of times in people don't like conflict yeah. but i think if you if you really lean into conflict and you you sort of approach it like you know hey ramel the the story i'm telling myself here's the story i'm telling yeah. myself can yeah. you help me walk through that story yeah and pack it for myself yeah that's a hard thing to sit down and do with someone. It is. But, it, it but is. it's so fruitful to your point. If you just it take is. It. And I love that. Hey, the story I'm telling myself is, you know, I'm ignored. Or the story I'm telling myself is I I, I feel like I'm I'm not valued. And and then that presents someone that opportunity to go, no, like we really do value you, you know, or whatever. Yeah. That is such a great way to say that, isn't it? To say your your truth and say your piece in a way that's not um, it's assertive, but it's not um, aggressive. No, it's not. It's yeah. like I love like, that. I I know that the story I'm telling myself has some fact, probably, yeah. but yeah. It, I also know based on experience that that story I'm telling myself has some things that are not true, and I just yeah. want to kind of walk through that. Yeah, that's so good. That is so good. It, it's fun stuff, Ramel. I I we have been on for almost. I think 50 minutes and I want to be, I want to be respectful of your time. Oh my gosh. But I, I do, I, I want to end cap this. This may not be a good segue to this end cap, but I have to do it. I, uh, so you and I have, you and I have a mutual friend and I reached out to them before we got on today. And I said, what can I, what can I ask Ramel? <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. Uh, so you are a Hallmark movie, like super fan to the yes. point, right? Super yes. To the point that you you actually submitted 
something to like in a contest, right? Yes. I, I'm sure I'm butchering that. So let's no. back that for us. Now oh my know. gosh. Okay. So yes, I'm a Hallmark movie super fan. Uh, and even the other channels that have Hallmark movie like a JC family's a new channel that's coming up. They've got all the, it, it's, it's just Hallmark movies on a different channel. Um, and so I love it. I love the movies. Number one, just cause they're positive and they, and I know they're predictable. They're schmaltzy. They're corny. And just for me, like my awareness of my internal mechanism is like life is stressful enough for me that I just can't deal with like any, like if something, if a movie stresses me out, so like no horror movies, no psychological thrillers, like I just can't deal. So it's either sports or it's a Hallmark movie. And what's great is you don't, I don't even have to watch the whole thing intently because I know how it's going <laughs> to, I know yeah. how it's going to turn out. There is no suspense, right? It's just, how are they going to have the happy ending? So, um, oh gosh, how long has this been now? Maybe five or six years ago, they had a contest where you needed to do, and they used to have a morning show on the Hallmark channel called Home and Family. And so they invited people to send these videos if you were a home and family show fan and they gave you a parameter that you had to follow and so uh, my wife and i love doing this kind of stuff and so we created a video uh, we actually created two videos and um and one of them was one of the kind of top five or top six videos and uh it was kind of a parody uh, it was about a minute long, and we parodied, I forget the name of that family, the Holderness family or something that that kind of burst into the scene doing funny Christmas stuff. And and so we did this video, we submitted it, and then, you know, how we found out that we won was we, they, they started mentioning, uh, or we had the, the show on, right? So we're watching it live, and they go, hey, we want to announce the first of the finalists, you know, in this video challenge. And they say my wife's name oh. and we're, we're like, wait, that's us. So literally in real time, we saw this video uh, on and uh, so we, we didn't win, but I forgot what the big prize, the big prize is really, really good, but we won a pretty significant prize, which I, I will tell you couldn't have come in a better time financially for like, it was just such a God blessing. Uh, but it was fun to see us all like my wife, my daughter and I on TV, we were wearing these Santa or like Santa onesie jammy it. things. And so it was, so I, I did a dance move thing and like literally my back kind of snapped in the middle of it, oh, no. but we kept it in the edit, you know? So you see me at the end of this and I'll post it. I'll try to find it. And if anyone follows me on social media, I'll see if I can, I can post it. But, <laughs> but so that's how we found out. We found out live in real time that, that we were one of the five finalists. And then there was one grand prize winner, we got a you know gift card from Hallmark and and I got my uh, my uh, one minute on TV Same on Hallmark. So that is exactly that is what happened. We not only got a TV, we got a prize. We got to have fun with it as a family, and uh, so I'm so glad you mentioned that because I'm gonna I got to go look for that because it was a Christmas theme thing. So as we're recording this, it's Christmas season, so I've got to go find that and post that somewhere. Well. Truth be told, that was from a, somebody I reached out to that I know knows you very well. So I, I love it. That's so good. <laughs> something to end cap with. But there you go. Ramel, this is this has been wonderful. Where where can people find you or any last words for we have both uh, podcast listeners and then certainly people that view oh. this on YouTube. So awesome. Hey, so you know, for 
Really, really great place. If you just find me on Instagram at Ramel Anakin, so R-O-M-M-E-L-A-N-A-C-A-N, I'm actually having more clients and stuff reach out like via DM on Instagram lately, which has been kind of interesting. Uh, so on the personal front, we'd just love to follow like come follow me and you can see some of the cool things that we're doing, uh, both on the corporate side of things. And also we just started, I've just started rolling out some marriage things. And so I, I, on my Instagram feed, I put a lot of marriage advice and communication advice and leadership advice and uh, and then you share more about what Hallmark movie I probably am watching on this day. And then on, you know, my website, RamelAnakin.com, RamelAnakin.com. You can, if you're on the corporate side of things and and uh, you need a speaker or a consultant or a coach, that's that's where you can find out, um, you know, can reach out to me, find out a little bit more about my style and if, if it's a good fit for you. Um, and so those are probably the two best places. Find me on Instagram, go to my website, reach out, and I would love 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 for for anyone watching or anyone listening to to connect with me in some way shape or form and see uh how i can help you whether it's just with you know daily postings or something or you know with something else yeah most definitely i i would encourage all of you to to follow ramil i've uh i think we got linked up i don't know who let's call it three or four years ago maybe longer yeah. but uh, but i'm always inspired uh, by the things that you share uh, because the message is so positive and encouraging. So I appreciate that. I really do that uh, about you. So uh, Ramel, this has been fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, we might have to do a round two at some point. Oh, I think so. <laughs> All right. Until next time, we'll see you. Thanks, Mike.